4: But I strongly believe today's hearing is just another victory notch in Putin's belt and another milestone in our enemy's campaign to tear America apart.
5: That's absolutely true. But other than that, it's been
0: a good time. Thank you. It's absolutely true, but you still have to look into FBI agents texting these sorts of things while they're in the midst of an investigation.
5: We went big on that last hour. We will have much more on the Strock page, et cetera, thing a little later on. Yeah,
0: um, and look forward to it. And because the, the straw hearing was so, well, that was entertaining. Uh, and the big news story yesterday, a lot of other stories got obliterated. Like this, Nikki Haley at the U.N. unveiling 89 examples. We have satellite footage and everything else. 89 examples of North Korea smuggling oil. The whole, we're going to cut off their oil supply and force them to the table for nuclear this or that. Well, they're getting their
5: oil from China and Russia. Why don't we start there with Mike Lyon, CBS News military analyst. Mike, welcome. How are you, sir? Hey, good morning, guys. So great to be back with you. Oh, in- indeed. It's our pleasure. So uh, let's start with North Korea. How's the whole uh, ridding the continent of nukes going?
3: I'd say it's moving like pond water right now. Um, we've got a nice note from the North Korean leader to the president, and he seems to know how to talk to Donald Trump, which is always important when you're trying to get along with somebody. He wrote a lot of nice things about him, about their relationship, uh, but not a lot of details in terms of what kind of missiles they have, what kind of nuclear facilities they have. You had uh, Mike Pompeo go over there last week, I think, made a big mistake. I think he won't make it again. Um, he's got to get somebody else in the game and steer to, turn himself out of it as they threw, you know, kind of beer from the bleachers at him for for most of the last three days last week. Um, We've got to get something tangible before September, and that's when the U.N. meets. And I think Donald Trump wants Kim Jong-un to come to New York City, his town. He'll walk him around. He'll make him a star. But I don't think he's only going to do that if he's got something tangible like uh, people there and inventory and the like. And it doesn't look like we're going to get to that spot at this point. Well,
0: a couple of things that happened yesterday. You got the Nikki Haley thing where we we, we announced, hey, we know you're cheating on the whole oil thing and Russia mm-hmm. and China are helping you. And they didn't show up for the meeting on the returning the bodies from the Korean War.
3: Right, and those are not good signs. And again, this, again, this is why, you know, this is how they roll. Um, you know, they, they've got a you know a long calendar on how they plan on getting this to go and our our society deals in transactions that are based you know today and tomorrow and we want some kind of results And, and this president has promised those kinds of results and we just haven't seen them so it's going to be tough for him to set expectations other than What's been out there, which is denuclearization, which is completely changing the entire um, the entire situation. China, I do believe, is an invisible hand is is now fully in, in the in the arena of North Korea and is basically saying, yeah, do what you want, go at the pace you want, and the Americans will suffer for it.
5: And I think a solid takeaway from this discussion is the the idea of trusting China and Russia to do the right thing is hilariously naive and misguided in almost all cases. So does yeah, Trump. Go ahead.
3: No, yeah, even with the relationship that Trump might think he has. Look, he's got good instinct. He's dealt with some pretty tough mob guys back in the 90s when he was trying to buy concrete to build buildings in New York City. But this is a whole different realm.
0: Well, so does he bring that up with Putin when he meets with him on Monday? Like, hey, stop giving oil to North Korea or any of this other stuff?
3: Yeah, no, I'm not sure he does that. I don't know what he – you know, he's he's set no expectation for this meeting. There's no deal to be had. You know, what's what's going to be the deliverable of this Meeting and no one seems to know what it is. Um, he made, made some kind of comment about he's got something for him. I, I hope it's not we're going to stop military exercises in NATO. I mean that the the military community will just throw up completely all over itself for that. Because that
5: was floated, comment. right? That idea. Yeah,
3: I, that's unthinkable. I mean, it's one thing to cancel an exercise in South Korea in August that has been canceled before. It's totally another thing to turn off NATO training calendar that's been put in place two or three years. And and right now the NATO. Uh, I think the military alliance is fine, but you can see the diplomatic one is, is cracking as every day goes by. So that's that's unthinkable. I just don't perceive that to be even on the table on any level.
5: Well, my opinion is that the cracks diplomatically are, are surface cracks and can be glued together pretty well, because I think the world's getting used to the fact that Donald Trump says stuff that he doesn't really mean and backtracks a while later. but.
3: He does that. He's a seagull. He goes and he squawks around and leaves. And that's not, not not the greatest of leaders. That's not the great technique at times. But I'm afraid some of these NATO cracks will go deeper than that. The Germans, for the last 15 years, buying you know oil from. From the russians and donald trump's got an excellent point why are we defending germany from the russian horde that can come when the russian horde controls their energy Do- donald trump's a core competency guy right you can't have a country without a steel industry you can't have have to have energy he looks at germany and say how can you possibly outsource energy in, in your country uh, to your enemy and expect the United States to defend you. It just doesn't make any sense. Well, That's a great point.
0: Well, well yeah. Putin shut off, was it the electricity or the gas for Ukraine, a couple of times to like try it out to see how that would work. So yeah. he could conceivably do that to uh, to Germany, right?
3: Absolutely. And it's just he shuts 10% off of it. It, it. it changes their economy in terms of how countries rely on energy. There's no backup. And look at the fact that the former German Chancellor Schroeder is there is in the, in the tank with Putin. As the number one lobbyist, it's just unthinkable. Could you imagine an ex-president of ours going to make a deal with what's perceived to be enemy and making all kinds of money out of it? It's just it's just incredible. They decide 15, 20 years ago to get away from nuclear, to get away from coal, and this is what we're going to do. And now they've put themselves in a position where they're going to be held hostage potentially to their enemy.
5: Mike Lyon, CBS News military analyst on the line. Mike, uh, Jack, you good with pivoting to Afghanistan at this point? Uh, Mike Pompeo said the other day he feels like... The long-term strategy is working. We're moving closer to a negotiated settlement. Uh, your thoughts?
3: Yeah, I hate to name drop. A good friend of mine is going to take command of there in a couple of weeks here, and I think he's got the toughest job in the world. Scotty Miller, uh, four-star general, just got promoted. Is going to be—he's going to have his hands full. Things are just not going in the right direction. He knows it. Um, he's going to have to look at things like bringing in uh, mercenaries, bringing in other uh, types of uh, fighters there to to get something going. The Afghan government just seem, can't seem to get over the hump. Um, I, I'm not sure we're going to see anything positive in the next two years coming out of Afghanistan. It's going to be more of the same, and people are going to be saying, well, "What the heck are we doing?" There? So,
5: so you don't think the Taliban is edging closer to the negotiating table?
3: No, they they no, they're not. They they like they're like the North Koreans. They get kind of close and then they jump, you know, back into the pool. The, the bottom line is it's geography, right? the 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 The, the Afghan government still only runs about thirty percent of of what's considered to be Afghanistan. The rest of it is run by warlords or other areas and other people that have that don't have you know control of the of the of the space and geography.
0: What's the scariest place in the world right now? I remember at one time Obama saying, uh, Pakistan was what kept him up at night. Um, he he passed off, you know, the presidency to Trump and said North Korea is your biggest headache. Well, what's the biggest hotspot right now?
3: It's not. It's not. Surely not Afghanistan or it's not Pakistan. There's not. There's no nuclear weapons. The biggest hotspot still remains. I think North Korea. They have capability of destroying. Uh, their neighbors overnight doing anything. Uh, it's clearly pa- Pakistan threatens India. Pakistan goes back and forth between, um, you know, the, the, an area that's not the same size as what North Korea can do.
0: So, are you trying out for Mannheim Steamroller or what is a? That's his. That's his phone going off. Oh, that's I your think. phone. Yeah. yeah. Okay. My,
3: it needs my to, CBS to, phone to. going off in the background. No, perhaps you uh, practice
5: the Glockenspiel <laughs> when you're on with <laughs> Stop
0: the, sorry uh, it. Sorry about
3: that, boy. <laughs> no, that's fine.
5: <laughs> hey, uh, Mike Lyons, CBS News military analyst. Uh, let's make a date to talk in the near future. And this is crazy i want to talk to you about our hemisphere i want to talk yeah. about the western hemisphere i want to talk to you about south america and central america and and the security challenges and threats there because uh, we're we're obsessed with europe in this country
3: um, so yeah ahead. great point we had we had focus on the and we lost it but uh, it's, a, it's a very good point yeah.
5: my clients always a pleasure thank you very much we appreciate it
3: Thanks for having me.
5: He's Thanks. a multitasker, so
0: he's thinking I can do an interview about foreign mm-hmm. policy Run. while practicing the Glock and because, through scales, because right. I, Exactly.
5: because <laughs> I have a concert performance this weekend. <laughs> Everybody's got uh, a hobby. I tell you what, I just I so enjoy talking to Mike, not only because he knows what he's talking about, but because he has no need to pitch one set of ideas or another. He calls him as he sees him.
0: Right. As you saw there, he thought a couple of things were a mistake by Trump. He thought it was a good idea that Trump pointed out that Germany's making a big mistake. You know, why are we supposed to protect you when you're doing business with Russia? He thought that was a good idea. You know, if you're not. You see, you could. This happens sometimes with
5: some people where you think some stuff your side does is good. and Some stuff is bad. Right. In fact, that describes everyone's relationship with everyone on Earth, except when it comes to politics and people go nuts and think it's all one or the other. Uh, If you're not familiar with the story, Germany is uh, working with Russia on a pipeline that's going to get Germany, I think, is it 60 to 70 percent of their natural gas from Russia? And that's how they heat Germany. And I don't know if you know much about Germany. It gets really cold in the wintertime. And. If you are beholden to another nation for that percentage of your critical energy needs, and that other nation is also an adversary, they can yank your chain in a half a dozen different ways anytime they want. And I don't know if you've noticed this about Putin. He's a hard ass. He doesn't care if he hurts your feelings a little bit. Once he's, you know, it's one of my favorite lines from one of my favorite movies, the brilliant snatch, the Guy Ritchie vehicle. Uh, one of the characters um, says, essentially, now I'm in his debt. And the last place in the world I wanted to be is in his debt. Because now you're screwed. And and Trump was absolutely right. It was incredibly undiplomatic and rude and shocking and hurtful that he brought it up publicly the way he did. About what a terrible idea this is and how badly a- Angela Merkel is handling it. But he was right.
0: Got another, I waited in line how long text. See if you agree with this one. Okay. Golfer says, I waited 11 hours to play the old course at St. Andrews, and it was worth it. Would you wait 11 hours? I don't even know how you do that physically.
5: Yeah, I I have a feeling you can come and go to the bathroom and people hold your place in line, that sort of thing. I'd do that. I just can't do it. Absolutely. Well, I'm reading. I'm chatting with people. I've read before. I've chatted before. It's just a particular location. I'm doing it.
0: Mm. Our text line, 415-295-KFTC. We're going to play us some more of that fiery hearing from yesterday with the FBI agent struck on the, uh, the hot seat and the Republicans embarrassing themselves in many ways. Everybody after Trey Gowdy, who was freaking awesome, was a little weak. Well, the Democrats embarrassed themselves, too. It was pathetic. The whole thing was pathetic. Was a sad Except display. when it was great. <laughs> uh, we'll play you some highlights coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.
2: Armstrong and Getty.
5: The conscience of the, of nation. Of the nation.
4: Greenberry. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
2: This hearing has been a circus in a kangaroo court run in banana Republican fashion. And I believe that some of my colleagues have disgraced themselves today in their attack on the FBI and the justice system of America. I
5: agree. And as a guy who crafts a phrase now and again, I liked banana Republican. That was a pretty good shot. On the other hand, to continue the theme of few things are one thing or another entirely. Yeah, there are several Republicans who embarrass themselves. There are also plenty of Democrats who acted as if a biased and out of control FBI is completely unimportant. And in fact, to even look at it, to even exercise how you say oversight on the FBI is somehow unpatriotic, which is incredibly disingenuous and and irresponsible. I have a piece I've been sitting on for a while from the failed New York Times of all places. (laughs) The failed New York Times. Um, Talking about how, let me see if I can find this real quick, how the FBI exaggerated over and over again, systematically, how many times... Apple's encryption technology kept them from valuable information that would keep us safe. Oh, really? They exaggerated it wildly. I mean, and incredibly unfairly and irresponsibly. Um, And and the the New York Times, of all people, was writing about that. So the idea that our law enforcement is so above reproach, we shouldn't even (laughs) look at, what. oh, I'm sorry, it was the WAPO. FBI repeatedly overstated encryption threat figures to Congress and the public. Well, did anyway. you mention that
0: MSNBC was referring to Strzok as this patriot? As they continued to question this patriot in a hearing yesterday. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, if if, if you're going to go on and on about the FBI that saved after 9-11, then I, which is, you know, 17 years ago at this point, do I get to bring up the same FBI that was tapping the phones of Martin Luther King Jr. just because they wanted to? Right. I mean, how far back do you get to go on your examples of what the FBI can be? And each individual agent, who knows what they are. Right.
5: Exactly. So, yeah, the the Republicans did embarrass themselves in some way. One in particular. The (laughs) hearing was out of control. Oh um, yeah, Poorly uh, run. Yeah. Oh, it was terrible. And they had important questions to ask and have answered. And it was absolutely worth some of the time, not worth nine hours. So it was neither a waste of time and a farce, as the Democrats would portray it, nor was it a shining moment. Of course, nobody's claiming that because it was so obviously floundering. But why don't we play our, uh, our montage then get back to comments.
4: Sir, so I think it's important when you look at those texts that you understand the context in which they were made and the things that were going on across America in terms of the text that w- we will stop it you need to understand that that was written late at night off the cuff and it was in response to a series of events that included then candidate trump insulting the immigrant family of a fallen war hero and my presumption based on that horrible disgusting behavior that the american population would not elect somebody demonstrating that behavior to be president of the united states it was in no way unequivocally any suggestion that me The FBI would take any action whatsoever to improperly impact the electoral process for any candidate. So I I take great offense and I take great disagreement to your assertion of what that was or wasn't. As to the hundred million to one, that was clearly a statement made in jest and using hyperbole. I of course recognize that millions of Americans were likely to vote for candidate Trump. acknowledge that is absolutely their right. That is what makes our democracy such a vibrant process that it is. But to suggest somehow that we can parse down the words of shorthand textual conversations like there's some contract for a car is, is simply not consistent with my or most people's use of text messaging. I can assure you, Mr. Chairman, at no time in any of these texts did those personal beliefs ever enter into the realm of any action I took. Furthermore, This isn't just me sitting here telling you you don't have to take my word for it. At every step, at every investigative decision, there are multiple layers of people above me, the assistant director, executive assistant director, deputy director, and director of the FBI, and multiple layers of people below me, section chiefs, supervisors, unit chiefs, case agents, and analysts, all of whom were involved in all of these decisions. They would not tolerate any improper behavior in me any more than I would tolerate it in them. That is who we are as the FBI. And the suggestion that I, in some dark chamber somewhere in the FBI, would somehow cast aside all of these procedures, all of these safeguards, and somehow be able to do this is astounding to me. It simply couldn't happen. And the proposition that that is going on, that it might occur anywhere in the FBI, deeply corrodes. What the FBI is in American society, the effectiveness of their mission, and it is deeply destructive.
5: You know, that's good. That's a really good speech. And it is it is kind of reassuring about the multiple layers of uh, responsibility, etc. On the other hand, I have a couple of quibbles. Uh, One is kind of with the Republicans on the committee. Why didn't you ask more specifically about the granting of immunity to Hillary Clinton's people? Why didn't you ask uh, before they were questioned, which is crazy and unprecedented? There was no need for it. Why didn't you ask specifically about things that seemed biased within the investigation?
0: Well, Trey Gowdy certainly did. I I was going to say that that nice little speech there. Does that explain why? you had the opinion that Hillary Clinton was going to be president and should be president before you had even started an investigation of her?
5: Well, yeah, to me that establishes the bias, but isn't like a manifestation of the bias. I'm saying, you know, specific things you did during the investigation, why did you do them? As opposed to, Trey Gowdy did a hell of a good job pointing out, you're wildly pro-Clinton and wildly anti-Trump, you know?
0: Well, he was asking the question, "Why you didn't interview anybody during this long period of time?" I think he was saying that's a manifestation of bias. You hadn't started. Why? Why hadn't you done anything yet? The investigation started here. We went this long period of time, and we never got around to any of the interviews or anything. You weren't in much of a hurry. You were. You were slow walking it, as they call it.
5: Uh, the other thing I'd like to quibble with was his characterization of the whole Khan family situation. And again, this goes to... I'm putting my even-handed hat on, as I did at the time as a guy who criticized Trump harshly. The Khan family stepped to the fore in the midst of a hot political season and made some really strong political statements about Donald Trump and the rest of it that were quite apart from the loss of their son, God bless him. And he responded in political fashion and in Trumpian fashion. But to say he, the left... The media acted as if Trump went to the kid's funeral, the young man's funeral, and started bad-mouthing the family, which is not what happened at all. And Strzok was echoing perfectly MSNBC's take on the whole thing, which I found interesting. we got to hit
0: the dentist again before uh, before done. What's coming up in your news real quick? Well, President Trump refusing to take a question from CNN at this morning's Newser in England. We've got that and more coming up. And the dentist, if you haven't heard it, on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Gambling problem?
4: This morning I
1: watched, I, by the way, I'm a dentist. Okay, so I read body language very, very well.
0: Hard to argue with that logic. That's how he opened in his huh. questioning of the FBI agent yesterday. Yeah. You're a dentist, so you read body language very well.
5: Okay. As I said earlier, if somebody goes, ah, I think you can assume you've hurt them. So maybe that's what he meant. <laughs> I don't know.
0: I know when I've jabbed you in the gums by accident not all I can tell you though. Let's get to the news now with Marcia Phillips. Well,
1: President Trump once again labeling CNN fake news, refusing to take a question from a CNN reporter in the UK during his presser with Theresa May. CNN's fake news, I don't well, take sir, questions. I don't take questions, questions news, from CNN. Question CNN is CNN. fake news. I don't take questions from CNN. John Roberts of Fox. Let's go right. to a
2: real let's go to a
1: real Trump. network. Trump,
2: so why does he
0: pick particularly on CNN?
5: I don't watch CNN, so it's uh, actively egregiously anti-Trump while well, pretending so to be. So is MSNBC. neutral? Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know. Maybe MSNBC so over the top he doesn't feel any need to even mention it. I don't know.
1: Trump also maybe he used to like CNN. Trump also took a shot at NBC after a question from NBC's Kristen Welker
3: spent the week taking on NATO allies, criticizing Prime Minister May on her own soil. And I I wonder if, are you giving Russian President Vladimir Putin the upper hand heading into your talks, given that you are challenging these alliances that he seeks to break up and destroy?
1: See, that's such dishonest reporting because, of course, it happens to be NBC, which is possibly worse than CNN. Possibly. (laughs) Possibly. Let me explain something. Uh, We have left NATO with more money With more unity, with more spirit than NATO probably has ever had. There you go. After he went through that, though, Trump said he will be pressing Putin again about Russian meddling and... I guarantee whoever it is in Russia, they're saying, oh, gee, do we wish that Trump was not the victor in that election. We have been far tougher on Russia than anybody. There you go. Which is absolutely true.
0: Absolutely true. If you look at his actions as opposed to his words, his words have been weird yeah, and, uh, and, and, and practically fawning, but his actions have been way tougher than previous administrations. I just want to bring up some... Con- the, the freezing out of certain news organizations yeah. is particularly troubling to me, and I, I, for context, I remember when Obama did that to Fox News. They, he was oh, yeah. keeping them out of White House gaggles, mm-hmm. and right. the other networks, namely CNN, New York Times, they, they said, hey, no, this isn't cool. We're not going to go to these either... I like that. It would be cool to see that sort of thing be played back. But yeah, I understand the funny why it thing
5: isn't. is, he said I don't answer questions from CNN. <clears throat> like two minutes later, he answered a question from Jim Acosta himself. Acosta yeah. shouted a question yeah. at him, and he answered. Oh them. wow! Because he's yeah. Trump. Yeah. Because he's Trump.
0: <laughs> so I don't. <laughs>
5: You know, is he actually shutting them out, or does he just say he is? I don't know. I don't know. I don't. The Obama administration was actually doing that. With Trump, it's hard to say. It's a good point, though, Sean. I mean, fair yeah, enough. Yeah,
1: sure. Fire a 10-hour hearing involving shouting matches and finger-pointing. You battled FBI And agents. a complete absence of uh, knowledge
5: of parliamentary procedure, it was, apparently.
0: It was 9 or 10 hours long. Yes. How long do you think it needed to be to get all the information we were going to get out of it? You could have both sides thoroughly presented in two hours. Well, I was going to say an hour. You pick your best one or two people. In the case of the Republicans, I think it was one.
1: (laughs) I don't know who it would have been for
0: the Democrats. I think you could have got every bit of stuff that's actually useful for the conversation Pretty quickly. Certainly didn't need 10 hours. I say give the, all
1: the time to the guy who sounds like one of the Marx Brothers. Yeah, I, call for an, I call for an adjournment. Embattled <laughs> FBI agent Peter Strzok testifying publicly for the first time since being removed. Hauling special- himself
5: up on the cross on congressional
1: hill since being removed from special counsel robert Mueller's team following the discovery of texts last year that were traded with an fbi lawyer that struck was having an affair with in the run-up to the 2016 presidential election now struck denied any bias exhibited by those texts ever influenced his work on the investigation
4: what get- you then getting into it with Representative Trey Gowdy. What you asked and what I responded to was that he kicked me off because of my bias. I'm stating to you it is not my understanding that he kicked me off because of any bias, that it was done based on the appearance. If you want to represent what you said accurately, I'm happy to answer that question, but I don't appreciate what was originally said being changed. I don't give a damn what you appreciate, Agent Strzok. I don't appreciate having an FBI agent with an unprecedented level of animus working on two major investigations during 2016.
0: Then he shoved the mic to the side and leaned yes. back in his chair with a smirk on his face.
5: How's that taste?
0: Yeah. How's that taste? I don't give a damn what you think. You know, struck at one yeah. point. Here, here's an example where I thought he was really, really full of crap. Um, they were hitting him with the text where he said, uh, I can smell the Trump supporters here. And he said, that just means I observed there were Trump supporters there. I was far away from where I live, where it was more Hillary supporters, and I was somewhere where there were Trump supporters. It's just an expression of a... No, it's a it's, a, it's an expression that means contempt for the kind of people that vote for Donald Trump. Right. Abso-freaking-lutely. It just doesn't mean, hmm, I think this part of the country is more Republican than where I live. How interesting. Yeah.
1: Later in the afternoon, Republican Representative Lewis Gomert of Texas referred to Strzok's affair with Page. I can't help but wonder when I see you looking there with a little smirk. How many times did you look so innocent into your wife's eyes and lie to her about uh, Lisa? Mr. Is chairman, a this a outrageous. The credibility of a witness is an issue.
2: Mr. Chairman, this is intolerable harassment of the witness. With that. You need your medication.
0: <laughs> God, if we're going to start uh, not allowing anybody to be in office who's uh, cheated on their spouse yeah. because you can't yeah. do your job, it's going to... It lonely up there. It's going to thin things out. <laughs> thin, thin, thin people out in that room, probably, uh, let alone the Oval Office. That's funny. A buddy yes. of mine just asked yes. me the other yes. day.
5: Uh, <laughs> he said, do you, do you guys uh, have to do the uh, the urinalysis, the, the whiz quiz, you know, drug test uh, for for, you know, your job? I said, Are you kidding? If they had drug tests and radio, there wouldn't be anybody left. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah, if they have a drug
0: test. If you pass, you're not hired. I had yeah. another point. Oh, so I yeah. thought Trey Gowdy was absolutely fantastic. I thought he made great yeah. points. I think Strock was absolutely biased, and I think to say it, it didn't influence his work in any way is just denying human nature. But um, after Trey Gowdy, there was a lot of embarrassment, like Louis Gomert there, which pretty much ruined the entire day because that ended up being the sound bite right. that got played, as opposed to some of the stuff that was, you know, a lot more damning.
4: OMG, he's an idiot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but um, uh, another example would be one of the Republicans was uh, hitting on how many texts there were between him and his girlfriend and how he could possibly do his job and do that much texting. Ah, come on. That was dumb. <laughs> that's just dumb. <laughs> that's just dumb. Hi, <laughs> meanwhile...
4: How was Trump other than a douche?
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> that's geez. when Daryl Issa made Strzok read the text, which was... No. Good,
4: good TV, but I'm not
5: sure accomplished
0: it. Go anything. ahead. Hit
4: us
5: with another one.
4: Uh, I can't pull away what the F happened to our country, Lise. Uh, so...
5: <laughs> That's a good reading of
4: them, too. He oh, put a lot, shut
5: of, up! a lot of personality into it. Uh, what bothered me is that we uh, uh, it was quite early in the proceedings where, uh, you know, I thought Trey Gowdy in particular did a pretty good job of illustrating that the guy was wildly biased. And then the question became... Did it influence your work or not? Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're a thinking person and you actually wanted answers to the questions, we got to that point pretty quickly. And instead of the Republicans on the committee or God help us, the Democrats who might care about law enforcement and its fidelity to its principles, the the Republicans, instead of pivoting to, okay, what about this? This seemed biased. Why was this decision made? This is uh, this is crazy. Why did you do this? They just kept trying to reestablish over and over and over again that they believed he was biased. And then the Democrats would say, he's a patriot and a great man. I'd I'd let him babysit my children right now. Well, how about
0: this exchange from yesterday that got obscured by shouting gets more attention. Sure. Louis Gohmert uh, talking right. about the affair gets more attention. They're asking Strzok about it was his computer. They know was used to change the language about Hillary Clinton when they changed it from grossly negligent, which is a crime to extremely careless, which is the same thing, but not a crime. Right. Um, It happened at his computer. He doesn't remember if he typed that or not. I don't believe that. Bull-ass. I do not believe that you don't know whether or not you changed something that would have been a crime... For was the most likely person to end up president of the United States, you change it to something that wasn't a crime or, or didn't, but you don't remember if you did or not. So somebody, somebody else, else climbed up. on
5: his computer and well, typed that for reasons he doesn't he, recall.
0: He says sometimes other people use his computer. It might be true, but you can't tell me you don't remember whether or not it was you. Right. That's just a freaking lie. And
5: that would be a beautiful uh, avenue to follow up for 10 minutes or so toward... Did your bias influence your work? That's a great avenue to discuss.
0: Change words to synonyms to keep somebody out of legal trouble? <laughs> right. Certainly could be bias.
1: There you go. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, The Conscience of the Nation.
5: Tell you what, the nation could really use a conscience.
0: God dang it. The chair of that committee, though, had no idea clearly how to run
5: a, run up a, a meeting by parliamentary rules. Apparently. Tell you what, you want a summary of my political beliefs? Those boobs on both sides, The collection of liars, halfwits, and morons. Give them less power, not more, for the love of
0: God and the Constitution. There's like uh, a couple, two, three people on each side that I thought were impressive. Everybody else, is like, seriously? Why are you there? Go back to selling insurance in Evansville or whatever you've been doing.
5: <laughs> You're not doing us any good.
0: You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
5: Are you just going to make up rules as we go along? <laughs>
4: Armstrong and Getty.
0: The
5: conscience of the nation.
4: Have you no The Armstrong and Getty
0: Show. Deeper. So, the acting Deeper. attorney general in the Russia investigation, Rosenstein, is supposed to come out and say something in a few minutes, and there's some buzz that maybe it's going to be something big and exciting. So, if that happens, we'll go to it live. Okay? Fair enough. Currently live, the Queen Elizabeth is welcoming Trump to Windsor Castle. Hello! And <laughs> Hello! Your hair is orange!
5: Hello, Miss... Mrs. Queen, how are you?
0: I'm fine. One lump or two.
5: <laughs> should have had, um, uh, should have had Nigel Rotund reporting live from <laughs> from Britain. Didn't think of it.
0: So maybe you heard this story: Twitter is uh, dumping all the fake accounts. Lots of lots of people. There's lots of fake accounts on Twitter. we got zillions a, of them. Yeah, and <clears throat> they're worried about them spreading bad news or being Russians or whatever. So they're dumping a bunch of them. And a lot of your most popular Twitter follows have lost millions of accounts. Ashton Kutcher had 19.1 million followers on Wednesday. At the end of Thursday, he was down to 18 million. 1.1 million of his huh. followers were fake, according to Twitter, and got rid of them. One out of 20, ref- roughly, is not terrible, this but that's interesting. This mostly is interesting to me by how many Twitter followers some of these celebrities have. Yeah. Oprah Winfrey uh, saw her tweets cut by, by about 1.4 million Ellen DeGeneres lost two million, leaving Ellen DeGeneres with only 76.1 million Ooh. Twitter followers. Wow. Ellen DeGeneres has nearly 80 million people that she tweets out
5: to every day. People love charmingly up. self-effacing lesbians. Jack, everybody knows that. Sha-
0: Shaquille O'Neal lost a million. He has 15 million. Does Ellen still do stand up at all? Man, oh, yeah, I love her comedy. I thought, She's I thought she hilarious. was doing... Didn't we just heard... Oh, well, no, you had that Ellen clip. Yeah, Ellen was talking s- about... I still yet. want to hear that because she was on Comedians in Cars doing oh. coffee or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Close <laughs> enough. Close, you got the keywords. Drinking cars under coffee. Right. Um, anywho... I'd watch that. I will watch that. Rihanna lost 2 million Twitter followers, but she still has 86.8 million people.
5: Damn near 90 million people following Rihanna. Now, I, I'd always. Good songs and she shows her hooters. I'd, I mean, that's, that's a good combination. I'd been
0: shocked by Kim Kardashian's number. She's at 58 million, right? Same thing. 58 million people looking well, at she Kim has Kardashian good songs. Yes. Nothing compared to Katy Perry, who lost 3 million and now only has 107 million Twitter followers. Wow. To see what Katy Perry thinks about various things. I don't understand how it works. Trump lost three hundred forty thousand followers. He's down to fifty three million. Barack Obama lost uh, three million. He's at a hundred and one million now. He has twice as many Twitter Never followers. Never heard of
5: him. What's he do as Trump? Yeah, you know it's. We uh,
0: lost. I noticed we lost about a thousand. Oh, did we? Yeah, we oh, were that's at a We were at about twenty four and a half thousand, and now we're at about twenty three and a half thousand. The yeah. biggest account that dropped off was the actual at Twitter account. <laughs> They lost seven, uh, about almost eight million followers. Twelve percent of their following is who, gone. Who tweets at Twitter? Hey yeah I, I don't hey, know Twitter. How I, you doing? Sometimes jokingly, <laughs> hey. right? Like if my friend is giving me a hard
5: time about my sports team losing, I can be hey at Twitter. Can you do something about this? Oh,
4: gotcha. Right, you know those hey, sort of things. Uh,
5: hey everybody, we got a lot of people saying lots of stuff on Twitter today. You ought to check it out. That's what they tweet out. <laughs> <laughs> some of them are smart. Some of them are stupid. Some of them showed her boobs. A lot of it's really mean. Yeah. Well, you know, speaking of, 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 of boob displaying, um, you know, we were talking about this recently. I, I uh, became barely acquainted with a, a young woman, attractive young woman recently, um, and she's a, a model and uh, and poses in provocative poses and, and scantily clad uh, the rest of it. And I thought, okay, great. So what? She's got 970 some thousand followers on Instagram. Almost a million. And that's incredible. Right. And and, I just, I
0: don't know what, can I buy your time? Well, yeah, I, I mean, you who are following Instagram models because you see, need to see a different chick in her underwear. Right. Well, in the,
5: the, the internet is many, many things to, to everybody. It's something different to everyone, but I think it's worth keeping in mind as you judge things on their popularity and the numbers and the rest of it that. Katy Perry has more followers than, you know, the great constitutional scholars of our time. Tim Sandifer, for instance, has none compared to Katy Perry. Oh yeah, you know, your who, who's your favorite thinker, writer, columnist, etc. Katy, Katy Perry. They, hmm. (laughs) Well, that's a poor example then. Let me rethink that. Um, uh, uh, If it's not Katy Perry, they have. If she were in the room, you'd treat her like she was. Oh, absolutely. That that is a great point. You doing okay on your drink? We need another? (laughs) They have a tiny, tiny fraction of the quote unquote influence that the busty young gal who shows her bottom to you that I met has in terms of social media reach. Of course, part of it, to be
0: fair to humankind, might just be that there's no effort required to follow sure. an Instagram model. I wonder what outfit she's wearing today. It takes two seconds. It gives you whatever satisfaction it gets you, and trust I don't really understand it. But you don't have to think about it. I I, I get every time I look at a Tim Sandifer tweet for whatever, I gotta spend a good five minutes with it, wrestling with her, <laughs> doing some research,
5: you know. Tim, get your tweets shorter. <laughs>
0: Oh, well, I'm just trying to figure out what it's about or what it means,
5: or it links to an article that's 9,000 pages right. long. It's just worth remembering, I think. <clears throat> I'm not even sure why exactly. I'm sure somebody a little smarter than me could point it out. A lot of what's really popular in, uh, popular in the world is stupid and oh, interchangeable yeah. and a waste oh, yeah. of time.
0: Oh, no doubt. Well, didn't we learn from scientists that 97% of our thoughts are pointless? So it's just the way we're, it's the way we're built, Really? Almost all the thoughts we have all day long are pointless. Not mine. <laughs> Incisive, witty. <laughs> Throughout Mo- the day,
5: nonstop, Moving, poetic. I could go on.
0: You're listening to The Armstrong and Getty Show.
2: The